mentor, Santiago Brito. The mentor? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on the show. I call him De- Detective Rick. Yes, that's how we started out as Detective Rick. And then I was like, well, I actually have a name. So, but yeah, Santiago, I was fortunate enough to run into him. And he uh, got me started on really starting a podcast. He yeah. said it's easy, just do it. I'm happy you did. I told you it's easy. This is not something from we have we have amazing conversations all the time. All the time we have good conversations. We've talking about all types of things. And I was like, hey, just hit record. And we're in there. And let's get back to what an amazing guy he is. He's got a tremendous backstory. And I'll tell you, I've been I've been stalking him online. I've been oh, listening man. to his podcast. <laughs> I saw some of his interviews and really interesting cat, man. He's got a lot a lot to say and he's done a lot and he will continue to do more. So uh, just before we started this, he told me a fascinating 9-11 story that involved him. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you for watching my stuff and listening. So 9-11, I lived in New York City. Um, I was in my ninth grade of high school. So I was really like up close and personal, you can say. I went to Norman Thomas High School at the time, which was like 20 blocks from the towers, you know, at the time. Um, and I'll never forget it that that morning was so beautiful. It was like a blue sky, kind of crisp morning. I'll never forget it. Like it was just one of those days where I looked up. I don't know why. Like it was just one of that's one of the things that I remember about that day, just looking up and like, wow, like it's a nice day in New York. Cause in the city is like it gets cloudy and it gets dark. Right. But that day it was like, wow. Between those buildings. So I love Florida because we don't got those fucking buildings. <laughs> Between the buildings, you look up and you can see the sky and it was, you know, it was looking so beautiful. But you know, like around I think it was like 10 a.m. out of nowhere, our teachers are just like, hey. Uh, an alarm sounded, and they were like, hey, everybody reports to the auditorium. We went to the auditorium. And when we're in the auditorium, I just see teachers crying. I don't know what's going on. And I'm a little bit worried because it's not one teacher crying. It's like a group of teachers that are crying. And um, out of nowhere, like, uh, one of the deans got on stage, and he said, hey, we're having a rapid dismissal. Everybody go home, and they let us go. And as soon as I stepped outside, I was able to find a payphone. I through a court in there, called my mom. I was with a group of like a hundred and something people that I had to walk because the trains were down. Uh, a lot of communication was down and I found that payphone and I was able to call. There was a lot of other people calling and my mom was crying and she was like, hey, like a plane hit a building. And I'm like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? But I could tell, like I could feel the energy in the city. Something wasn't right. And it was just like, Crazy. It was crazy as we walked probably like a hundred and something blocks. <laughs> That's amazing. That's... To get to get to my house. Um and then we all hung out. Everybody was out of school, everybody was out of work. It was like a time where like everything froze. Like it was just like this moment in time where everything stopped, you know. And I seen how united New York City became because it was like something was done to us. Like, you know, we don't know who really did it, but we were told that this group of people did it. Right. <laughs> I understand. It's real, real life happening to you, though. So yeah, you, you gotta, gotta. It being a child and going through that and being so far from home, it had to be pretty scary. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just like one of those things where is 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 unwrapping as you go because the beginning when I got to, when I got to my house, my mom is watching the news and she's like, "Sit down." Like my mom's dramatic. She's like, "Sit down." And I'm like, and she just turns on the TV and I just see a plane hit the, hit the tower. And I was like, nah. Like, I love Die Hard movies. 
So to me, right. it was like a movie. It was like, no, this is not real. Like, how did that happen to us? Like, you crazy in America? Like, no way. Like, we did not allow something like that to happen. I still don't think we allowed something like that to happen. <laughs> but, yeah. but it was an amazing experience to see and just to uh, witness that and be there. I didn't know that I was part of history living there and seeing that happen. And it was very tragic. I had a close friend that his mom died in it. Um, and in our school, there was a few kids that their parents worked at the building at the time. And then, like, when we came back to school a week later, I remember, like, through the loudspeaker, they were like, hey, a moment of silence for those parents. Obviously, my friend and those kids weren't in the school, but it, it hit home when I seen that kids' parents were really, like, like died in this, in this tragedy, in this terrorist attack, what they call it, you know? I think, even though I think, you know, there's, there's other parts of the story, they call me a conspiracy theorist. They love to label things. Once they label it, they, they get it out of the way. They want to find a label, just like psychiatrists, uh, uh, doctors. They, they want to find a label for it because once they got a label for it, that's it. They could, they could, they could dismiss yeah. it or they could, they could turn you somewhere else. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt anything because I wasn't there. And it's, it's funny because I was in Florida. I, I uh, was currently working. I was a law enforcement officer in the Central Florida area. And I remember when I heard that, I was walking up to a uh, door to try to serve a warrant, and my phone rang, and it was. Probably my Motorola. What kind of phone you have? What kind Motorola. Of? <laughs> it was old. Barely, barely just got it. Probably had free nights and weekends. Probably, was it? Was it the one that you opened like this? Oh man! Probably cost me like three ninety nine a minute to talk on it for somebody to tell me that I needed to go to my oh house my to God. turn on the TV. Three ninety nine a minute. So I went. I went there. Went home. Turned on the TV. And like you said, I'm I'm looking at TV and I'm like. Because at first I go plane flew in the building. I'm thinking like a Cessna, the small whatever. Plane. Yeah, that's, that's but what my mind you know, was. You know that that's not the first time a plane flew into there in yeah. 1993, but it wasn't into the towers. It was into the not the Chrysler Building, the Empire State Building. Yeah, it was 1993. I, I think they tried to bomb it. Yeah, that was uh, that was a Trade Center. Ninety the Trade Center, right? Yeah, that, it was like yeah. a small plane. It was a small plane. Yeah, and then they tried to plant a bomb There's in the, the basement. You, I think I you guys had a lot of stuff going on in New in York, the, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like. I'm like, holy crap, and I'm watching TV, and I, I see a plane. I'm like, I thought it was an instant replay. Yeah. It was a second plane. It was a second plane. And it was like freaking, I'm like, and that's when it like started to hit me, and then I just sat down in front of the TV and like watched, like, are those bodies? And it was yeah, fucking horrible. Fucking horrible. And it's like, man, it, but from, it affected us so bad in Florida, I could not imagine actually being yeah. in the city. So that had to be a freaking nightmare. I'll tell you nightmare. what, it was tragedy. It was, it was horrible, but it was a spirit of unity. Like, I remember my friends, we were all planning to go down there to help, like, to pick out debris. There were so many people that, like, went down there, not just first responders, not just firefighters. Like, it, it united us. Like, right. Like, I remember, like, we were, like, in the neighborhood, like, yo, we're going to go, we're going to go. We're going to go on our bikes. Because I used to ride a lot of bikes in New York, so I would go to South Street Seaport, which is like from here to Orlando on my bike. But this is like I'm 15, 14, you know, yeah, the energy. Got endless energy, the energy is, is not even mad. Let's go, let's go pick but, up the debris and then we come back. But it, what I hate is that always something bad has to happen for people to act that way. It does. It, it, it kind of sucks. It sucks. It's good to see, but it sucks. So let's, let's do that all the time. All the time. No, I've, I spoke to one of my friends recently. It was his birthday, and... One of his birthdays, we really got drunk. We cut school. We probably was like 14. We bought Bacardi watermelon. We had a uh, great time, but it was like one of those moments that we never forgot because he threw up, he got fucked up, and it was right. like, 
<laughs> uh, you give me a hangover telling me the story. So, so, <laughs> so I'll t- I was telling him, uh, I was like, hey, look, um, yo, we need to, we need to, we need to link up together. I was like, you know, like let's not just link up because somebody dies, or let's not link up because something tragic happened. Like, let's make time to just hang out. And, and I don't want to drink Bacardi watermelon again, but <laughs> <laughs> nothing against Bacardi watermelon, but it's just it's not my type of my type of drink anymore. But you know, just link up and and not just have it be through tragedy. Like I think that a lot of us, even with family members and, and cousins, like we're meeting up through tragedy. Like, how is it that it has to take a tragedy for us to get together when? Mm-hmm. We have all the time in the world. I think you make time for the things that are important for you. You do. And people get wrapped up. But yeah, you shouldn't just meet uh, for the funeral. You know, it's like, uh, once again, good to see everybody, but why do we have to see each other under these circumstances? I had 13 <laughs> years I didn't go to Dominican Republic. My grandmother died. She pulled me into Dominican Republic. Out of nowhere, I got a passport. Out of nowhere, I bought a flight for $200. <laughs> you did. Just like that. Just like that. And, and I told my cousins, I was like, you know what? I'm going to come more often because it's not hard. Like, you make time for what's important to you. And I had an amazing time. I was back home. Like, it was a different feeling, a different energy, different air, food, water. You know, it was like, and I grew up there a lot as a kid. My mom, she was a single mom, so she sent me there as a kid always. So I spent a lot of time with my cousins out there. And felt like a kid again, didn't you? I did. <laughs> People love you out there, you know. Like I'm, I'm American, so it was just like everybody's treating me so well. Everybody's like, "Oh my God, we missed you!" And do you want to eat something? And do you want to eat something everywhere you go? Do you want to eat something? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) But, but you, you were sharing a story with me about, um, about when you first became a police officer, how there was no like policies and things like that, and, and and you had to just adapt to certain things. Well, yeah, and that's the way. It's funny later on in life, like all the policies have somebody's name attached to it, you know. And it's like, I have it, a question: it, Do they make the policies names like based on the person who they, they should? How they do it? How do they <laughs> but do they it? don't fucking do it. They should. <laughs> based on the person they violated. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was it, back in the day. Now, listen, I'm talking like 1993, okay. and you know the the manual was just a how to book, how to do how to. A, how to do a burglary, how to do this, how to do that. Just it, it was like step by step, step but by the step. You, you can't you have to think your way through it. Yeah. You know, so it, it's kinda like today, some of those crazy stories I hear today, like you have to have some life experience to be a cop. Yeah, you, you have to. You can't to. go to school and contrary to what people think, you can't go to four years of college and go get a badge when you I'm haven't be a done anything. You haven't talked to people like no type people, of social no, intelligence. No <laughs> social skills, everything freaking scares you. you don't know when you just know somebody's going. breaking the law. That's yeah, it. <laughs> maybe. You, maybe you don't even know. <laughs> you don't know. You you weren't a hard head. You weren't out drinking. Yeah. You weren't doing this. It it's it's funny because I see some of these horrible stories today, and we'll talk about more of this stuff later. But <laughs> dude, you don't tase somebody at a gas pump. Oh my god. You don't tase somebody laying in the middle of the road. Oh you god. don't leave people on in a car on a freaking railroad track. No. Those things. You should not ever have policies for it because, as my uncle always says, common sense. some things are just common, common sense. sense. And, and you can't, when you start hiring people, they say that it's not so common. It, they say it's not so common. No, it's not because <laughs> that's why you have to write everything down because yeah. now, like in law enforcement, now, like the policies, it's, it's on the desk. Back yeah. in my day, it was like two books you had in your trunk and you really knew what to do, but it's like, hey, let you me have go to s- check the policy book. Yeah, let me go see if I make. Do I make three copies? Do I get a copy to check? You know, it, it's like a spectrum of things. Yeah. There's, 
there's hundreds of different crimes, you know? It's like, it, before you could go and click and hit a button and, and pull up something, it's like, man, what, what the fuck did this guy do? You, you can't just, like, you know, cut, you, people did, but you just can't, like, grab people and go, oh, well, you, I know you did something, so come with me. They do that sometimes. I've seen them. Sometimes. You suspicious. They, yes, you look suspicious. Something's up. Something's up. Yeah, yeah, and the thing that gets me is, like, when you're, some people don't know what's suspicious. Yeah. They, they just don't because they've never had anything. You can't be a uh, – uh, somebody asked me just before we came in here. It was like, what was it like being a, a, a black officer? And I'm like, well, first of all, <laughs> that's a – A black know, one? Yeah. 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 And it's, 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 it's weird because you got to listen because I'm from the north and, you know, you get down there some southern people. But I don't appreciate being called – you ever notice how they just misused the term minority? Yeah. Like minority down here means black or Hispanic. It doesn't mean what it actually means, like less than something of. But why is why is it minority? Like we're not in a minority anymore. Yeah. Well, you, you never, but you never were. Yeah. Like here's the thing: like you can have a a white officer can go to a all black area, and I'm just using this example. And guess what? They're in a in an area full of minorities. They're not the minority. He's the minority. Yeah, right? he's a minority. <laughs> but no, not the way the society thinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's there's a lot of that, so you kind of have to that old adage like you you got to make sure hey uh, look at this guy he's only here because of that and you know yeah. you got to prove yourself it's just it's like just embedded in police culture and in American culture actually so I, th- I think it is American culture like, mm. it's just yeah it, it getting started it's it's funny looking back like going to some of the human university classes uh, what was the name oh. We, we had, yeah, so they just started this. It's like 94. I was sitting there <laughs> listening to uh, the training officer in a class that we were in. Like, we we're in like this field training, like week, whatever, one or two. And he's telling us how, talking about cultural diversity and he's telling us about black people and how sometimes when they. Was, was this a white officer? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and there were no black people training. <laughs> he's telling how, and this is in the outline. This is like, well, you gotta, you know, when you see black people and they seem like they're kind of loud and, well, sometimes they're not really arguing. They, they do this thing called called jiving. And, jiving? And, and I think they, they also call it the dozens. And, and me and my buddy, like, we're, the guy I just met, he's black too. We're just looking like, we're like, what the fuck? Are we going like on the Jeffersons? <laughs> is this a reality show? But that, that's, and, and it went on to, to talk about the Hispanic culture, like everything except white people. Okay. Because they were like. Yeah, it was like when you go to, it, some of the stuff, hey, when you go to Hispanic male's house, talk to the male first and don't disrespect him by talking to him. Certain things were true. I, like, you no, you want to know something? Out. It's true. It's true. No, no. You're right. I, I lo- it, to this day, um, Spanish culture, I think a lot of cultures still, but it, it's about the male. Like the male is like the mm-hmm. like the head, you know, like. Yeah, you, I, you don't disrespect yeah. it. You don't you don't go out of sight, you don't take the woman out of sight. Yeah, all, all these yeah. things that you learn because you actually do it. Yeah. I mean, you can read it all day long, but you gotta no, implement you gotta, you the gotta, stuff. You gotta see it. And, the, you and don't then. talk to people, like You're you, not you literally can't do your job. Okay. Like ninety percent of police work is talking. Yeah. Like it ain't uh, what all people think it is and you know, pretty much don't don't be a dick and you, you can pretty much get things. The people will tell you Some things. People will come to you. <laughs> you know that that kind of thing. But so that, so you started this podcast. What is the name of this podcast again? 
Well, it's called the seniority report. And the reason I came up with that kooky name is because a lot of, at the end of the day, I did 28 years and I retired. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of cops leave. Uh, they're just, the trends are too much to keep up with. Yeah. Uh, you have to keep up with everything from the days of before domestic violence laws to a body camera where everybody wants it's to know what you're doing 24 seven, which the job was never intended to be that I, because have a body camera all day has I, to be on all day. It, no, it, that's the whole thing. It's like you don't. They tell you when to turn it on, and sometimes uh, you should trust the people. If you can't hire the people that are trusted In, to turn it on when they need yeah, it, yeah. Here's a perfect example. I was, I was uh, cleaning out my closet, found some handcuffs. I'm like, yeah, extra set of cuffs. So I go to a place where I get a massage. The police department is right like across, okay. like it's right there. You can see the cars and the gate and everything. And I see this young officer walking in. I'm like, hey, I'm an old guy. I'm going to go ahead and give this guy my cuffs. And maybe they'll, you know, what am I going to do with them? I don't ever want to yeah. throw on anything again. So I said, excuse me, officer. And he's a guy. He's probably in his late 20s, early 30s. He's a young kid. Yeah, a young black, black officer. He comes over. And it's like, yeah. And he starts walking over. And he turns on his camera. And I go, it's not a call. I just need to give you something. And he doesn't turn it off. And he comes over, and I go, Dad, I just want to give you these handcuffs. And and he goes, oh, okay. And then we start having this little conversation. He still is so brainwashed he can't turn it off. It's not I, – I don't really want to talk to him anymore. It's like you're not – He's not human. It's like well, – Well, yeah, it's like, dude, just this – once again, it is not a call. And then the, the kicker is he found out where I worked, and he was interested. And he goes, he goes, yeah, maybe later on I can ask you some questions – and and kind of like in code, like you know, we yeah, were, yeah, to, you yeah. know, because he's kind of pointing at his camera, and I'm like, you can turn that shit off, for real. <laughs> like, like, but, gonna... but they don't, but they don't know because that's how they're ingrained now. They're trained to, to you, have it on. you are told if you turn that camera or if it's not on when something happens, they're like, what are you hiding? And that's not the, what the profession was. I, I think it has to do also because my cousin, I have two cousins that are police officers, and it's like I was never on the other side. Like when my cousins police officers. In New York City, like, I fear for them a little bit. Oh. It's like, I spoke to him probably, like, two weeks ago, and I was like, man, like, really be careful. Like, like you, you're wearing a uniform, and it's like, there's people who just don't like you because of it. Hmm. They don't know you personally, but it's just because this stands for authority, one. Some people respect it. But two, it also comes with a stain because of what's happened in the past. And it's just, like, you're a target. Like, you're really somebody who in society, everybody's looking out for you. Not looking out for you, but looking out to make sure that you're not catching them doing what they're doing. Warner brother. Yeah, Warner brother. <laughs> so I told him, like, man, you gotta be careful, you know, like is is and I think that the camera is because like I, I always have a saying, every jungle has a snake. Hmm? So I think yeah. that police officers should have integrity. It's not something that you shouldn't be, oh, you know, today I'm, I wasn't good. You, you can't train that. You can't train somebody to be honest yeah. or the integrity. And everything's situational because here's a news flash: You don't treat everybody the same. You don't. You, it's, it, it's insane to even think that. And uh, it's just once, once uh, I guess the, the best thing to, to, best way to put this is that body cameras are great for the general public. I have yeah. nothing against body cameras, and I don't think anybody's hiding anything, but no. certain things are 
you know, should be captured on film. Of course. The bad part about body cameras is not, it's, and if you're in the profession, my humble opinion, which is why I have this podcast and calling it seniority <laughs> report, is politically correct. The, politically the, correct. The management, yeah. police management all over the country is, you know, it's like there's there's so much pressure on you can't do anything right. If why is this on or why did you turn it on? Why is this on? It's, it's like, a tough job. You know, it's a tough job. It, I don't think it's an easy job. And it's not technology is not making it easier because. Hey, you know what? We had there's so many. I saw so many taser incidents, faux pas. Like back in the day, it's like, oh, this taser came along because we don't want you putting your hands on people anymore. And it's like that's a nice concept, but hey, have you ever tried to get somebody to do something that they had to do? Like, hey, you have to go to jail, and you say no, fuck you. And there's a time when you have to put your hands on people. Of course, you you cannot say even if I tase you. I'm eventually going to have to put my hands on. Of course. You. So it's, that's not like the cure all. Yeah, I think I think that the people the people who who are managing the police officers are the ones that have to take more like detailed account into like who they're hiring. Like I don't I like I've he- I've heard the the shootings the you know like it, it's both sides. But I just think that a police officer there is no like. It's tough because you're human, and they've given you this power where you have to be non-human, but you're human. Yeah. You get yeah, it? Yeah, it, it, yeah. There's no non-human part because you. Hey, guess what? If you work in a shitty area, you, sometimes you, you have, have to. Yeah, yeah. You, you're talking to prostitutes. You're talking to pimps. You might have to you're use your weapon. To, you uh, might have you, to use your weapon. Oh, you might need to make a friend to say, "Hey, let me know what's going let on around here because on. I don't fucking live here." Yeah. <laughs> And I don't want to get caught slipping, you know. Yeah, they gotta to want to talk to you. And guess what? When you when you're in trouble, you want people to come and help you. It's like you don't want to be an enemy of the name. It's like the CEO thing, you know. Like I got a buddy who's like a, been a CEO. He he's retired too, but he was a CEO up in, in Maryland, like Jessup. And you know, hey, you know what? When shit goes south, you gotta have inmates go. Hey, yeah. what? That guy's all right. Not him. Don't don't fuck with him. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Because he wasn't a dick. <laughs> And people will help those people. Are the best, when I those jerks. are the best seals and the best cops. Yeah, like I had cops in my neighborhood that played sports with me that looked out for me. Yeah, even we, when I was doing the wrong thing. Hey, yeah. you don't want to get because they doing did that the shit. wrong thing when they were yeah. growing up. And I think that's what builds <laughs> that relationship. That's what builds the you know he's the authority figure, but you know I'm doing something wrong, and, and he's right. And I got caught doing like little petty kid shit. I was 13, 12, but it was the treatment. It could have just been, yo, cuff him, take him in. Yeah. But it was like, yo, give me that. <laughs> give me that. And they take it from me. And I had bean shooters. I used to put like, I used to take a roller and put a, a balloon with black tape. Oh, damn. And, you one of those kids? <laughs> and like the police used to be in this in this box with a, in my neighborhood, like in the corner, they used to be in a box with glass. You remember those back then? Yeah. Days? And they were patrolling. Like, they would be on foot and one in there. And I would be with the bean shooter, boom, and hitting the window. And they would know. They would know who were the kids that were doing this. Because there's not too many kids. There's a lot of kids, but... They knew who was doing the mischief. You were like yeah. a Dennis the Menace. Yeah, you were like so, a bad guy. So there was a few times where they would be like, oh, come over here. And I'd be like, oh, get out of here. You know, with the attitude. And they'd be like, what's in your pocket? Give me, yeah. give it here. You want, you want to go in or give it here? And I used to be like, oh, you got it. Hey, I've, I've poured out a lot of beer. I've handed over a lot of beer. Me and my buddies, hey, you know what? You got those, you got those cops back in the day. They were like, Dumbasses. They knew they didn't want to ruin your life over something stupid, yeah. which which is what happens today. Because you don't, 
I didn't have that discretion anymore. Like when you know you have to leave, yeah. I can't say, wow, Santiago had a bad fucking night, man. He he just got divorced and he went his freaking bender and he's like, he passed out in his car. He's only two driveways from his house. And you got guys that, well, it's like, well, man, I got to take him well, to jail. Like, you, you, are, you know yeah. what? I look at your history. You've never been in trouble. You, you know, it's like, you can see all that yeah. stuff. It's like, why am I going to screw you over? If I choose to give you that break, it should be my discretion instead of me going, uh, somebody go, why, why, why'd you? Just yeah, that's not, yeah, that's yeah. not reality because you can walk out right now. You can walk out of this freaking building and commit five crimes. Yeah. Jaywalking, this and that. The, the statute book is full of crap. Full of anything. You can <laughs> yeah. breathe wrong and yeah. they got you. I probably have a ticket on my car because I've been parked out there for more than two <laughs> freaking hours. <laughs> but it's it easy is, to break the law, but come on. That's I, I think that's the best part that people have that discretion. Like, there was one time where I was, it was New Year's, New Year's Eve. And I'm with a bottle, open container, cop pulled up on me, caught red-handed like this. He's like... <laughs> You got some ID? I was like, man, it's New Year's Eve. He said, I got a better question for you. Do you have a weapon on you? I was like, no. He said, you can go about your business. Happy New Year. And then I was like, you see, like that, that works because I'm celebrating. I'm not out here looking for trouble. Like, I was like, no, you can check me. I have no weapon on me. This is what I have. He was like, go ahead, go about your business, you know. And 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 it was plenty of times, I can't say it was only one way. There was plenty of times where it worked. Like, it was like, when you're growing up, I guess they, also did the same thing like you said. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got the break if you were honest. Yeah. I mean, don't don't sit there and, and bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. I got pulled over one time. <laughs> so I opened the car door and like four beer bottles fell out. <laughs> like on the ground, like ting ting. I was almost like I just looked. Like, I just looked. And the guy just looks at me and he's like, ah. Oh. I, th- I actually went in for that one though. And my uncle will tell you a, a lovely story about <laughs> about that that little adventure I had. Oh man! But yeah, sometimes just back in the day, it was like we were lucky. I mean, I feel bad for kids these days because they can't do a lot of a lot things of that, shit that it, yeah. it's like the world's too crowded. Like they weren't all the times that people drank and drove. It's like how would I get home that night? It's like yeah. you know they're always home. Like nobody ever had that. Well, People did, I'm sure, but people had those fatalities and this, that, yeah. and all. There's like, you know, uh, it's called, you need to know when to, kind of like getting out of professions and things like that. Sometimes it's, your your time is up. Yeah. You're, you're ready to be obsolete. You can't keep drinking like that. Yeah. You can't keep getting lucky and not getting DUIs. Yeah. It's, you got to stop. Sooner or later, yeah, I think you just have to make a change. Most normal people. Normal. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, when I see these little news uh Shows and there's like a guy. He's like 55 years old. And he's got one of those freaking Nick Nolte mug shots with his hair all over the place. I'm like, damn, he should have quit drinking like 20 fucking years ago. <laughs> like that's just sad. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, is. it is. But anyway, I I know you have to go. Hey, you're doing something amazing here. This is only the first episode I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be on more episodes, dude. You, yeah, you are. I'm gonna be on more episodes. <laughs> you may not have a choice, but this is Santiago Brito. Thank you, man, for having me and. This is an amazing show, man. You're doing something amazing. I know you're going to get a lot of people on here because they're going to listen to this and they're going to be like, hey, this is that guy. It's all due to you. I appreciate your time and hope to see you next time. Here's a throwback of my first episode with my guest Santiago Brito. And we're going to go ahead and pick it up at the very beginning. Hope you enjoy.